Have any of you ever heard the song Friends by Houdini? Ahoy there! Welcome back to Psy Season, the number one and only podcast that blames you for the majority of what went wrong in a relationship. Let's go. So friendship, the value of friendship, very important. We're going to talk about friendship in the context of conflict resolution because most of your friends, most people don't see the world the exact same way that you see it, don't share all of the core values that you share intrinsically. You can even have fights with your friends, but for whatever reason, we tend to give our friends a pass, show them a little grace, give them a little latitude that we don't give our significant other. Is this helpful? Of course not. If you ask 10 people, particularly 10 younger people that have never been married or never been in a long-term relationship, what's the most important thing for a lasting relationship? You're going to see love high up on the list in a lot of their list. And for all the others, it's probably going to be looks, sex, money, maybe power. If you really want it to last, if you want this thing to go the distance, friendship has to be high up there as well as followed closely by communication. Friendship is the foundation for hot sex, passion, intimacy, all the things. Now we throw around the term friends really loosely, really lazily. We definitely never define it. We know there are multiple levels, right? There has to be multiple levels, but at best we we go with four, right? Coworker, acquaintance, friend, best friend, And certainly a blanket term of friend, you're not going to tell all your deepest, darkest secrets and most vulnerable attributes to all the friends on your Facebook page. I know some people with 7,000 people on their Facebook page. You're not telling all of the stuff. Everything that you present there is curated. You say what you want to say only, and it's pretty much very surface level, hopes, dreams, aspirations, vacations, the kids are doing this. A friend, a close friend, a very, very close friend is somebody that you're going to open up to and show them damn near all of you, right? You're going to bear most of your soul, if not all of your soul. You're not going to do that for everybody. That's, That's not practical. That's not safe. That's just not wise. But you get that close to a friend and When you guys don't see eye to eye, maybe you have a fight for a little while, but you always come back most of the time. Why is it not that way in relationships? What changes? What's the dynamic change that makes you not give your significant other the same degree of latitude that you would give your friend? In a long-term relationship, so many things are going on. You've got all of your life thing. Love is certainly not going to be enough. Love is going to fade It's going to wane. It cannot sustain the long-term grind. In the last podcast, Katrina mentioned uh, the researcher that had the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and she was talking about contempt. The researcher in particular is John Gottman. I think he started off in mathematics and then switched over to psychology and then kind of mixed and matched the two together to do some research on couples. And he came up with this Four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like it shows you that your relationship is on the way out, right? If these four are present, your days are numbered. So 
the four of them in uh, no particular order, criticism, defensiveness, contempt slash disrespect, and lastly, stonewalling. About 69% of the problems do not actually get resolved, as in they settle it, everything's perfect, things went great, because most of those are your internal intrinsic philosophies and need for power, recognition, these kinds of things. They're not going to change, attachment style, etc. So if the vast majority of your core values won't completely mesh up, how can you keep a relationship going? Well, a big part of it is if you establish a good friendship in the first place. For Dr. Gottman, anyway, what are the hallmarks of a good friendship? Well, there's going to be a good sense of humor. He calls it love mapping. I say asking open-ended questions so that you get to know the person better. Admiration and fondness. Got to maintain that. And then you have to respond appropriately to the bids for emotional connection. You establish strong friendship by addressing these areas. You develop a dome, a protective barrier of goodness so that when the negative things come, they don't overpower you. As opposed to the flip side, when you have that negative sentiment in place, every little thing is bigger. The small problems escalate into giant knockdown drag out fights because... There's underlying things that have not been met. There's all of this tension that has not been addressed and resolved to the satisfaction that you could continue to move forward as friends, lovers, all the things. His sweet spot is five to one ratio. So five positive interactions for every one negative is enough to keep you going along. But ideally, for the people that are operating at a high level, it's 20 to one. You want to be more positive than negative, which makes total sense, right? If the baseline interaction is very high, very good, very strong, whenever the negative things come, which they will, you've got a barrier in place. You've got some credit built up that you can draw on. And all of the four horsemen can be defeated by friendship. So the criticism part of it, is very focused. You're taking that problem and you're making the problem about the individual, not whatever the issue is. So in the case of the dishes not being done, the criticism is going to come in the form of a, a personal attack. Like you can't do anything right. You never do the dishes. Right? The person's going to feel attacked, obviously. This is going to lead into the defensiveness, which is the next horseman. A better way to do that is to actually address what's wrong, how it makes you feel, and what you'd like to have happen. So instead of that attack, you say, I'm really upset that you didn't do the dishes because you told me that you would, and you know that I always feel like the kitchen's dirty if there are dirty dishes in the sink. Could you please do them next time? Much more effective. Start with an I statement. Say exactly what needs to be said in a polite way, how it impacts you, and ask for the resolution that you'd like. As far as defensiveness goes, if you attack somebody, 
it's only natural that they would defend themselves. This is going to trigger one of two responses from them. They're either going to act like they're the innocent and being attacked without cause, or they're going to have righteous indignation. Either way, it usually is going to intensify the situation. The fix for this for the person that feels attacked is to just go ahead and take some responsibility, some accountability for the problem. A part of it will be yours. A part of the responsibility will certainly be yours. Claim that, take that, and move forward. This would sound like, hey, sorry about the dishes. Kind of got away from me because I got into this thing over here. I'll take care of that for you. Now, the number one most dangerous horseman by far is contempt. You can call contempt disrespect. You can call it a lot of things. This is when one person is going to take the moral high ground and talk down to the other person. This is going to have things like, you know, eye rolls, mockery, ridicule. It's aimed to hurt that person. It's aimed to belittle them and make them feel less than. We all have seen it happen. When contempt kicks in, there's going to be zero teamwork. There's going to be a wedge drawn up between them. And the next thing that's going to happen is stonewalling. Contempt doesn't show up immediately. Contempt won't be in place for a while. By the time things get to contempt, you're on thin ice. You want to head contempt off at the pass. Don't even let yourself get to that point. He says stonewalling for the last horseman. I say emotional withdrawal. I say clamming up, disengagement. You're just not responding at all you might not even acknowledge the person at this point this is horrible because this is just throwing more gasoline onto the fire now the person that is doing it and usually men do it but we don't have the market on this they're doing it because the thought process is i'm going to say the wrong thing so i'd rather not say anything but (laughs) the interpretation is that i don't care enough to even respond to this I'm not going to respond to any of this. So that escalates and makes it seem worse. The best thing to do in a time like this is to not engage, right? Because part of stonewalling is that you're flooded with emotions. You're physiologically, physiologically, you're going into the freeze, fight, flight, or feign mode, right? You're stressed out. You got to do something. You're afraid of doing the wrong thing, so you don't do anything. You need to calm down. The best way out of this is to express that. Hey, right now, I am not capable of even thinking because you're not. (laughs) Once your heart rate goes up, the adrenaline's in there, the renin-angiotensin system is kicking in, you are not going to be able to process anything thoughtfully. You're not going to be able to say anything well-reasoned, well thought out, in the right way, presented to land the way you want it to, it's just not going to happen. So your best bet is to take five, excuse yourself from the situation and say, hey, listen, I hear what you're saying. I need some time to gather myself and I'd like to process it a little bit more and I'll be back to re-engage and we can work towards a solution. If you have affection, if you have humor, If you're able to take some responsibility for all of these things, you can diffuse a lot of this. And a friend, friendship, enables you to do all of those things. How do you develop the friendship then? What are are some of the things per Dr. Gottman 
What are some of the things that John Gottman says develop friendship? Well, he says love mapping. I look at it as just asking open-ended questions to get to the heart of the person, to get to the core of them, to understand how they think, how they feel about certain things so that you can meet them where they are and go to different places. Get to a deeper level, a more intimate level with your partner. From there, always expressing admiration and fondness. Let them know what they mean to you all the time. It's not about one big grand gesture. It's about little things frequently. One of the things that he mentioned that was interesting to me is a longer hug and a longer kiss. And I thought about it. It made perfect sense when I read it because I thought about myself and (laughs) made a lot of sense. It's a way to connect. It's a way to say and show how I feel about you. I do admire you. I am fond of you. And again, one of the biggest things for those of you that are tight-lipped with your emotions, you've got to express that and you've got to find ways to display it. Again, the longer kiss, the longer hug, a note in your lunch, all of these things, they're not huge things. They're not anything that you can't do. Thank you. Pretty simple. Thank you with eye contact. Very effective. Still simple. Quick tangent. Parents, talk with your children, not at them, so they don't develop into having fucked up attachment styles. And specifically fathers, hug your children. Little eye contact. It's not going to kill you. Now what he calls, calls bids for emotional connection, it's when your partner is trying to engage you. And it could be anybody, really. Kids do it all the time. They're trying to engage you. Hey, look at blank. There's three ways you can respond to this, and they kind of increase in intensity. The first one is not to really acknowledge it at all, which is a denial for that bit of attention. And that usually is met with no rebuttal, no no further attempts. It's like, oh, I guess they don't have time for me, and they're done. Second is a very mild, uh, anemic response like, oh, yeah, great. Better than none at all, but not really that fantastic. It doesn't leave you feeling warm and fuzzy inside. The last one is an enthusiastic turning to the person. Oh, check this out. Oh, wow. Is that how long has that been like that? Is that something that you pursue? Do you think we should do something like that around here? When you engage and just ask more questions. asking more questions was that three episodes ago anyway you set up as dr gottman would call it a positive sentiment and that positive sentiment you're bulletproofing against the little negative things the more positive it that you have created the environment in the relationship and that friendship the more you can handle when the negative things come come along additionally communication aimed at Conveying what you have to say in the way that works best for the person that you have to say it to also goes a long way to creating that overall positive sentiment. Again, the flip side, negative sentiment, little small things turn into big problems. So friendship, more important than love, 
helps keep the four horsemen of the apocalypse at bay. We've all seen it. Snide remark. The lack of anything positive to say. Always looking to the negative. Always making a big deal about something that's negative. From the other side, somebody never doing or responding in the way that you've asked them to respond. Devaluing what your opinion is. There's a lot that goes into this. If you're looking for a single aspect of relationship to focus on, friendship will take you a lot farther. If you add friendship and communication, you're going to get so much further than you would with love and communication. As a matter of fact, friendship and communication will intensify and increase your love and sex and intimacy. <sighs> I only touched the tip of the iceberg with John Gottman. So much more you can go into, and we will. In the meantime, have a fantastic day, an awesome week, and an amazing weekend. I'll see you back here in a week. We'll do it all over again. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. And if you disliked what you heard, please tell an enemy. It was incredible. The National Crisis and Suicide Hotline is 988. Again, that's 988. Let's get that number out there to anybody and everybody that might need it so that they all know that it's there. In the meantime, be good to yourself. Be good to your others. Be good to your others. Be good to others. And I'm out. Peace. Peace.